da 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 You as sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. It's M Night Shyamalan time on the Mad About Movies podcast, in which this week. We're going to reveal that the past six years have just been one giant episode of My Favorite Murder. To double double down on the Shyamalan, we're all dead, too. Yeah. We yeah, we really should just switch this to a true crime podcast. That'd probably oh, be definitely would. financially for beneficial sure. to it, it just, for sure. <laughs> I'm going to kill one of you live on the just, podcast. Right. And then me and the other one are going to spend the Convert time. Convert it to total ASMR <laughs> podcast where it, there's just like rustling papers yeah. in the background. Right. And sounds, sounds. And, yeah. Just slide in a movie review somewhere in there. It's just, oh yeah, by the way. Uh. And now some actual bumblebees fly around <laughs> your head as we're talking about bumblebee. Yeah. <laughs> I made a call to the movie theater. <laughs> bring, bring. Hello? <laughs> Are you guys showing Bumblebee? Yep, we are. Every this is hour not a, hour. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> we just yeah. we live call like our. This screen. is not a joke. We're going to do a. Uh, I'll have to a podcast called Serial, in which we investigate various serial uh-huh. uh, controversies. Like, wh- <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> what happened to Captain Crunch? We'll find out this week on Serial. I called General Mills headquarters. Last yesterday morning, and they rejected my call. Okay, you're, you're taking row. lines directly out of my script at this point. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I don't want to spoil. You're right. Um, so cereal dropping soon. Um, yeah, Tim and Night Shyamalan time. Um, I'm down for like every January. Just throw out a Shyamalan movie. I'm good. This sure. seems like a perfect kind of middle ground time to to do Shyamalan. And uh, this is a d- definitely a different episode. It's kind of a mixture between a throwback and a. Uh, I don't know, reboot slash um, crossover. I don't know. This is definitely a different <laughs> experience than what, than I've had in a, in a movie in a, in a while. And uh, we've definitely never talked about a movie like this on the show. So I'm excited <laughs> to do that as well. Say say what you will about Shyamalan. He is, uh, but um, lack of ambition is not oh. his thing. <laughs> you gotta gotta give hats off to him for that. He does not right. Uh, right. does not shy away from that. See what I did there. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. See you all later. (laughs) We're going to start things off with a little bit of movie news discussion uh, tonight. We didn't really reflect on the Golden Globes at all. We talked about it in passing um, in our best worst episode of the year uh, last week with the fallout still happening from that uh, two hours, 15 minutes of debate last week. Uh, If you haven't gotten a chance to check that out, we we went we went through it all from from 2018 and we're we're on now completely to 2019 but uh but yeah there's um there's a little bit of movie news to catch up on here uh this year uh like i said we didn't really reflect on that other than i guess the headlines coming out of the golden globes was rami malik and bohemian rhapsody winning big and uh stars born losing big that's really that's really it and then uh green book is a legit contender for best picture i think (laughs) for some reason and um and and that's that's really it so can you guys just guys just want to comment on kind of the race for best picture uh, as it stands today? Yeah, Richard and I put out a little uh, a special edition newsletter today this this evening, picking our picks for uh, for the Oscars. I just read Not that on the toilet. It was great. 
<laughs> Perfect. That's exactly what. Perfect. Literally, 40, seriously, 48 that's minutes what of reading time. <laughs> yep, that's great. <laughs> that's what the newsletter is for. Um, yeah, I mean, I think against all odds, it seems like Bohemian Rhapsody is going to be a pretty big player tomorrow when when the nominations are are put out. Do you agree, Richard? Do you think that's going to be? I think that's going to be in there. You know, man, I, I'm kind of like. I think this is going to be a real split your, uh, I don't know if there'll be any real big players this year. Meaning I think a lot of things will have like three or four nominations in different categories, okay. but I don't know if we'll have like the movie that has 11 nominations, like in some years. That's my theory. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's I like think Stars, Stars Born, Born has like three or four and then the others have two, three max. Green Books has screenplay, a couple acting awards and best picture, maybe two, three. Yeah. I'm with Richard on that though. I think a star is born just, Based on looking at some some uh, predictions and prognostications today, I think a Star Is Born is going to get a lot of nominations, although several in the, you know the more technical categories. And then I'm with you guys the rest of the way. I think there's a lot. Roma may clean up with uh, with the technical side as well, but then I I kind of expect and which frankly I prefer. I like when I'd prefer to have a year where there's where nothing can you know has more than three or or four nominations. I think it's more fun just for what the I, I don't know it highlights more movies that way, which is to me is the goal or should be the goal of of the whole thing, and then it makes the potential drama leading up to the actual ceremony a little bit better if there's if it's kind of split. So if I'd Roma wins, if Roma wins Best Picture, I mean we can set in stone that it was. Definitely the best black and white Spanish film that was released on Netflix in 2018. I mean, you can't take that away from <laughs> no, you Roma can't. ever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll yeah. always have that. Yeah. You can carve that in stone, carve that. There's, there was not a better black and white Spanish movie that was released exclusively on Netflix in 2018. <laughs> there just wasn't. And that will, no, that's, better. that says something too. That says something. Right. And we'll all be talking about it. No, totally um, new genre. What's what's a category. dark horse? Maybe, um, and, and I know the nominees are coming out in the morning, so it's it's kind of a moot point to talk about. But maybe a dark horse best picture nominee, like Mission Impossible Fallout, maybe something yeah. like that. Maybe Black Panther. I think um, Black Panther is Yeah, yeah. I think I, Black we, Panther's a shoe in, but not maybe yeah, not a Quiet Place. Yeah, no, I, I'm with Sadly. you. I, when our uh, when we did our, our best and worst of the year last week. I think we kind of we we touched on a little bit of there's there wasn't a great there wasn't a lot of great Oscar-y type movies this year so you're gonna I think you, you very potentially could see uh, a couple of of blockbuster type movies sneak in to that uh, however many movies get nominated yeah. for best picture six or eight or I, I'm sure it won't be ten but but maybe maybe six seven eight something like that yeah Black Panther Fallout A Quiet Place. Um, I don't know, maybe Mary Poppins, something like that. You could, you, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me at all, for sure. That'd be really good. That'd be really cool. Maybe Avengers. Ooh, Man, that would stir. <laughs> yeah, Black Panther could. and Avengers both got nominated. No, it sure. won't happen. Yeah. Um, no, cool. But could be cool. We'll we'll definitely uh, do a little Oscar voting in the VIP club. Uh, mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. We'll have a little some fun times. And uh, we just dropped our Office Space episode in the VIP, which Brian and I. A really, really yeah. good time. I think we went over our allotted time. We had scheduled for that, but it was really fun, <laughs> it was fun. And, and good it's conversation. Good Mike Judge is always a always a good time. But um, I'm going to talk about a little bit of the rumbling side of things. Mm. Um, this is actually 
it this accelerated from rumbling to rumor to confirm news to full on <laughs> we've got a trailer in about 12 hours um so get this they're bringing back ghostbusters yeah um this time with uh the reitmans at the helm not ivan reitman no oh, okay that's son jason reitman um bringing back i assume original cast or what's left of it or um continuation of the original ghostbusters lineage and maybe a more so hate women yes clear. and maybe a more technical i don't know how you would put it passing of the torch type movie will come out in 2020 which they've already released a trailer for and <laughs> the trailer is you know, like an outside of a of a barn or a farm and there's like a paranormal event that happens like a lot of flashing and like a slimer scenario ectoplasm who's ectoplasm this is a scary ghost <laughs> um and you go inside the barn and there's like the ecto one is in the barn and that's the trailer and it says like coming 2020 or whatever and hmm. so leslie jones immediately took to twitter uh oh, to Lord. voice her frustration loudly by the way it was quite loud <laughs> um she said something like uh, how can they dismiss us like we don't even matter? Um, this is BS, something like that. And I think it's more about dismissing a bad movie rather than dismissing <sighs> them. Like if Ghostbusters, if her version of Ghostbusters, the Paul Feig version, had been a, a huge commercial success and critically acclaimed and all this stuff, and then I'm pretty sure that they would accept that, <laughs> accept the success and, and build on that probably, build make another one perhaps, a sequel. But when it flopped, I think the business side of things says we need yeah. to move on and forget that and stop reminding people about what they didn't like and move on and try to salvage what's left of the brand of Ghostbusters, which they're trying to do by bringing back, you know, uh, the Reitman family and and mm -hmm. probably getting Aykroyd's and Bill Murray's involvement more this time around. And um, and so that's kind of the news. It's It's like I said, it went from. A, somebody reported it on Twitter, like sources say Jason Reitman's doing this thing to an official announcement to trailer in about 12 hours. So, mm -hmm. uh, so what are you, what's your guys reaction to this? And, um, it's inevitable that it was going to come back. I just didn't think it was going to come back in this way. Uh, this suddenly, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen they're going to do, it, it is kind of a reboot and they'll be, they'll be doing, a younger cast, like maybe a teenage cast. So like a real teenage just, cast. Like, yeah. From like what I've seen, somebody, yeah, somebody had the casting call or something, uh, the day this little trailer dropped and they were looking for two, I believe they were looking for, it said they were looking for two teenage boys and two teenage girls to, to fill the roles. And there may be some involvement from, from the original cast. So, so we'll see. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, look, it, it, mm, we we talked so much about. I just Grace I'm so, Kang. Is it, it's just such yeah. It's, it's just it's such a lose lose. It's just the ultimate lose lose because it's on the one hand you have some of the most reprehensible online Twitter muscle behavior you could you could ever dream of being directed at Leslie Jones and everyone involved with that movie. But on the other hand, the movie is not good, and so it's. I don't want to, I don't know, I don't want to be on either side of this. It's just, can we just, I just wish that we could say, hey, it's just, it just wasn't a very good movie. And maybe even more to the point, because if you think it's a good movie, that's great. 
it lost quite a bit of money. So, I mean, I'm like, it, the budget was like 150, and we, I feel like that was under. Like we were at the time, there was a lot of talk about how much more it was actually costing than the reported budget, and it made 225 million dollars worldwide. Like that's that lost money when you factor in advertising and stuff. Like that's just. <laughs> that's the way it goes sometimes you try your hardest and you make a movie and if it doesn't make money then guess what probably not going to get another one and that property is too hot to let it sit for too long i you know i think there's some i get the the appeal of bringing the reitman family back into it i i don't know man i just I, like as soon as i saw this trailer i was like cool we're gonna get this for another another year and a half or two years just gonna have to deal with this and everybody's going to be angry on both sides. And by the way, Jason Reitman hasn't made a good movie in several years, really. And it's just, I don't know. It's now, this is to me, this is not one of those, uh, like the whole, like you're, you're destroying my childhood thing so much as just like, I'm, I'm exhausted by this conversation and this movie's 18 months away. So I'm, I'm done with the, uh, we're releasing trailers two years away from movies being released <laughs> thing. I hate that. It needs to be yeah. like 12 months window where you release a trailer i don't need 18 <laughs> months to two years away yeah. where you're teasing me for something teaser, i have to wait teaser at 12 months, months. yeah teaser, teaser 12, 12 months, months trailer six months yep second trailer three second trailer months, three months yep exactly so two minutes tops on each trailer that's it yep you do a minute one for the teaser two and a half minutes for the two next ones maybe an international trailer that has a little bit of different footage in there but that's it yeah you don't and i'm, I'm all for experimenting with different methods you know releasing releasing them 20 seconds at a time on instagram or doing like what battle i mean uh, battle royal uh el royale did with mm -hmm. you know they released like two 30 second commercials in between trailers i think uh so that was kind of different but yeah wow definitely a different way to do it and i'm i'm done with the uh with the um teasing movies that we're, we have to hear about for I three hate years the little... marketing for three years I hate the little trailer at the beginning of every trailer. That's like, I think Marvel started this yes. and then everyone yes. copied it. The like 10 second of just like, bang, 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 of like stuff I'm Marvel about to Studios. see. Yeah. Yeah. Of little mm. clips I'm going to see in 40 seconds when I watch the trailer. I don't know why the trailer needs a pre trailer. I hate that so much. That drives right. me insane. Yeah. They're definitely trying to find ways to uh, to capitalize on it. And uh, man, we've got our, our our movie draft episode coming next week, two weeks from now, actually. Next week we're talking doing it early this year. Next week we're talking uh, Fire Festival documentaries. Yes. So I've got a lot to say so about pumped. these. Uh, might have to block <laughs> off two full hours for these because uh, it's going to be so good. Great. If you haven't yeah. seen these, you got a week. Watch both of them. Netflix and Hulu. Netflix it's and Hulu. Uh, it's worth doing the trial for Hulu if you want to um, catch that one. I like I like the Hulu one be better personally on first watch, but I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch both of them. But they're both worth <laughs> your time, and we're talking about them at length next week. And so, plenty of jaw rule talk. Get ready for that. Uh, it's gonna be good. Um, Fire festival uh, reviews, but um, a little bit more on the reboot uh, side of things, rumor side of things. Actually, have you heard this rumor that Aaron Sorkin wants to do a sequel to Social Network? Yes, but I haven't. Yeah, I haven't heard any details on that. What does that look I like? I don't. I think it's just rumbling. But yeah. the premise would be he he does it where it's basically Zuckerberg the last couple years the last yeah. couple years of the whole 
Congress thing and the and the um, fake news stuff comes to light, and then he handles that. And I would personally be totally down for that if they brought back Same. Eisenberg. You bring back yeah. uh, Garfield. You bring back Fincher and Trent yeah, Reznor, and you get the whole team band back together, and you go for it. I don't I think, think Garfield would be necessary because he. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he would, but uh, yeah, that guy's been in Brazil for like nine yeah, years. That, so that, I don't the think real guy. I think you maybe yeah, check in on a couple Eduardo. of those guys or whatever. But yeah, definitely Eisenberg. You recast it. You get you know Someone people to play, to play some senators and stuff. Yeah, yeah I think Rachel Vice is fascinating. <laughs> I think that would be totally fascinating. But um, hypothetical to you guys, if you were going to make a sequel to a movie now, what would you want it to do? I've saw, I've seen this other thread that's been going around this week that's saying that they should make a sequel to Tropic Thunder uh, <laughs> in 2019, but the whole sequel is about how they're, it's way too late for them to make a sequel and it's 2019 and they can't do all the stuff that they did in the original because times have changed and like the blackface and everything they couldn't do because it's too, like to make it as meta as possible. Right. Um, I think that would be funny too, but what's a, what's maybe a sequel idea that you guys have, uh, had percolating. Mm. I know we're getting another trans, uh, not transformers, uh, actually probably uh, another, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a Terminator this year. Oh, um, yeah. so they're bringing back Great. Sarah Connor and they're doing, they're trying to do that again. So, um, I, th- I totally think a social network sequel would be not only be probably a good movie, but it would make a ton of money if you released a trailer to that and had brought back the original everything. You know, I think that would be, mm-hmm. be that would be a big deal. Get a lot of buzz, if you will. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. That's that sounds like a great. We're gonna do a social network episode on the VIP yeah. next month. By the way, that's like yeah. the most requested movie we've. Over the last three years is, is one of my all time favorites yeah, too. Let's do that it's one. a top five Richard movie, I think, at this point. Mm. Um Yeah, I that would be cool. I obviously my answer though to your meta question is McGruber to McGruber in space. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. obvious. The or main thing or I'm focused on at this point. Or McGruber, if James Cameron wants to get involved, it can be McGruber underwater. <laughs> you know, if he's developed the tech. I mean, I'll, right, I'm yeah. open to it. <laughs> can you do a mullet underwater? That's the that's the key. That's the key. I, we'll, I think we'll find. I mean, if anyone can, it's Cameron. Right. right. What they about call celery? J- James the celery Cameron. travel underwater? Is it, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it would, but the, <laughs> you have to factor in it's salt water, so it ah. just chafes right up. Yep. Ah, there it is. There it is, man. I don't know, Ken. I'm not good at stuff off the uh, off the top of my head like that. I. I want I'll, I'll you you touched on Terminator. I very much would like for Terminator movies to be good and and relevant and matter again. So yeah. I keep like every time like when I saw that there was a Terminator movie coming out this year, my immediate reaction was like, "Oh, sweet, Terminator." And then my second reaction was, "Oh, right. It's been 25 plus years since we've had a, a good Terminator and we have done many of them in the in between that were all bad. So that's this one's David S. Goyer. So you know <laughs> right. it's probably pretty. He handles awesome. things great. Right, right. <laughs> it's well versed. Uh, well, we we have Alita in two weeks, so that's pretty much mm. Terminator. Gosh, at Glass, I got a trailer for Alita followed by. A special extra glance look, second look at Alita, introduced by Robert Rodriguez and and James Cameron. So, 
I've never what wanted a, a movie treat. to fail more than it'll eat it. <laughs> no joke. It's getting good buzz, which, fine. Like, I, I root for so few movies to be bad. It's pretty much just Zack Snyder movies and John Travolta movies. Pretty much every other movie, I'm like, I, I hope it's good. I just, I, I'm not going to blindly believe that every movie will be good based on the bad trailers and the weird look and stuff. And that one has bad trailers and looks super weird. So... I'm I'm gonna stick to my guns of I I'll believe it when I see it. Let's all well, go. Like, we're all gonna go see Happy Death Day to you, just so no one has to see that. <laughs> like that's how willing thing. I am to not see it. I mean, Mahershala, Christoph Waltz, that's cool. But Jennifer Connelly's great. But uh, the good thing is, is that they kind of hedged and they didn't spend two hundred million dollars on a leader. <laughs> oh yeah, wait, but they did. Oh no. Oh <laughs> oh. I heard that they, well, huh. they I, I don't know. They? They've wrapped production on Avatar two and three, principal photography, and they're holding the phone to start the other ones until they can figure out this Fox Disney thing. Apparently, or let's wait until these movies actually make money before we make two more, <laughs> which is probably more <laughs> likely the thing that's uh, happening. But um, yeah, we're probably going to wait another four years for them to finish the the CG on Avatar 2. So it'll be 2045, I think, Avatar 2, 2045, something like that. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Excited to do the pot on that. Yeah. Can't wait. From our wheelchairs. Yeah. I'll be 59 years old. I'll be and, long dead, no question. And ready to party. Yeah. <laughs> Should be on wife number two yeah, or three have, by then. Right. You'll have hologram Brian Gill to join you. And <laughs> yeah. it'll... I'm, I'm planning on going full parrot head <laughs> in my 50s. I'm going to get divorced. And just right. a lot of right. just kind of chilling. But the parrot yeah. head of the day will be Luke Bryan, probably. <laughs> yeah, in the super into <laughs> FGL, bro. Yeah. I'm going to get myself a little thing, golf shores, and just kind of ride it out, brother. <laughs> Retirement chain mail, you know. <laughs> like you do. Okay. Um, let's move on, guys. And let's talk about glass work. to talk about glass we did do a review of split a couple years ago when it was released if you like our full review of split you can refer to that episode we'll definitely touch on it so spoilers coming up for split and unbreakable and uh, we'll try to stay spoiler free on glass as much as we can uh off the top so i've made no um i've made no uh doubts on the show that I am a Shyamalan sympathizer. I'm a fan of Shyamalan. He's a high-risk, high-reward type of filmmaker. Um, he's a uh, knows-his-limits kind of filmmaker in some ways. He's tested the waters, so to speak, on, on a couple of projects and never really uh, had success, so never really tried to do anything else in that vein, which is uh, kind of commendable. Um, I think in the past few years, he's found his voice, he's found his passion, he's returned to his roots in a, a little, um, in, a, in a number of ways, uh, not only the genres that he's doing, but also the properties that he's doing, he's bringing back 
course, Unbreakable, and among among others. And um, like I said, he he's kind of a throwback filmmaker. I always I always kind of think of his stuff as vintage. You know, it kind of has a classic feel to it. Uh, he has very classic technique to what he does. Um, he's a very uh, well versed filmmaker in terms of his encyclopedic knowledge of of movies, and and uh, he's a, he's incredibly intelligent, and he writes everything himself, and and that's all commendable. But some movies are better than others, and <laughs> having said that, um, his past few movies are better than this one. Um, not to say that this is a bad movie, uh, because it certainly works for a particular audience of people that are very into unbreakable slash split, which is a very limited number of people. But outside of that audience, I don't know if this has much of an appeal at all. Um, he probably should have made this a little bit earlier. Um, I think unbreakable works in its own right, because it is kind of a deconstruction of superhero genre and it's, it's the most real world superhero movie probably without being a superhero movie that we've gotten and sort of kind of lays the groundwork for things like the dark Knight, which have of course set the uh, standard for what a superhero movie is. So I think that works as a, as its own thing and split works as its own thing of, okay, this is a horror movie, psychological thriller that I don't really know where it's going. I really want to find out where it's going though. And then once you find out where it's going, it kind of ruins the illusion but makes for a fun experience along the way. But then you combine those two things into a movie and I'm not sure if that works. Like I think independently everything works like unbreakable works, split works, but I don't know if you combining them necessarily works uh, as well as in my Shyamalan had hoped. But like I said, I'm an, I'm a Shyamalan fan. Um, I want him to keep making movies. He probably will. He financed this himself, $20 million mm. and it, it's already made a hundred million dollars. So he he's he's well in the green on this already and like I, man this is totally original from his own mind i'm i'm well in support of that i think there's some great things about unbreakable and what he's done here but uh this is kind of a mess of a movie if you don't have any frame of reference like if, if i feel bad for anyone that walked into this it was like oh glass with samuel L. jackson bruce yeah i'll go see that and hadn't seen unbreakable and didn't know anything that was going on and had no frame of reference like this would be a miserable experience but uh, if you're into this kind of thing, I think it probably pleases the audience that it was intended for. And um, that's kind of my general thoughts on on Glass. But what about you, uh, Richard? Yeah, my, my M. Not Shyamalan thing, I've, I've liked several of his films. Unbreakable is my favorite movie of his. Um, and so that kind of works into this. It kind of got into my excitement of this. I love Unbreakable. Uh, I don't know why. I just always have liked it since the when it first came out. Um, so split was obviously, um, a kind of a return to blockbuster form for, for M night Shyamalan. And, and it was exciting to see, you know, the end of that where you go, you realize that this is all in the same universe. So I was excited for this going in, but yeah, I, I'm with you, Ken. It was a real mess. I did not enjoy this hardly at all. The, the, it was just a lot of McElvoy, uh, <laughs> And I, who, whom I like, but just eating it up, you know, serial wise and, and just felt very, uh, it just felt, 
it's not lazy, but it just felt uninspired in a weird way for something that's such a passion project for a trilogy. This last part just seems so haphazard to me. So yeah, kind of kind of a miss there. Shyamalan's one of those people. He he does just enough good movies where I always go see his stuff, but some of them are bad, and that's okay. He makes a lot of good movies as well, but but this was definitely on the uh, former side of the equation. Brian, what about you? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you guys on on this movie. Um... I I I like Shyamalan, and I like that he he is very ambitious. He has, I think he has a great, I think he has a great eye for the like one page story. You know, I think he really gets mm-hmm. what makes people want to go to the theater or makes something jump off the screen and what gets people interested and stuff. It's just that sometimes somewhere, and it happens a lot post signs i think like his first three movies are, are really 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 good and i really like the village but i know i'm i'm uh i'm in the minority on that which is fine but those first three movies six cents unbreakable and signs which I, i'm with you rich i love unbreakable and i love signs six cents i saw so many daggum times when it was in theaters that it, it kind of wore itself out on me but it's hard to um it's hard to criticize it based on that, right? Like it's not fair to say, well, I just watched it too many times, so I, did, I stopped enjoying it. But I watched Unbreakable and Signs both uh, yesterday and today and still still really love those movies. Um, I, he, he's got... So there's something that just gets lost in translation between like that first page or maybe the first 10 pages and what ultimately becomes the script. Too often he, he kind of gets lost in his own mythology and the i don't know it's like these strange tangents and caveats and stuff that just don't really work as well as he as they work in his mind because he's he's been thinking about them forever and i think that's this very apparent with this movie because apparently he's had this in his head since unbreakable came out that this is how he that this was a much more of a tied together trilogy in his own head than it was to us who were all shocked when Bruce Willis just happens to be in a diner at the end of split. You know, it's such a strange, strange way to tie everything together. But apparently this, that's how he's had it in his head this whole time. And, and I just think there's at some points, like um, maybe 20 years is too long to have <laughs> the story kind of just, I've heard and, conflicting and stories about that. I have too. About I have the too, origin of this. Sure. I've heard like, he had the Horde or the McAvoy Beast character in yeah. in Unbreakable, and then that didn't work like in the original script writing process, but he still had the character idea. And so he took the idea for the character and wrote Split and made a movie about that. But then at the last minute, he was like, maybe I could make another movie after this. And so at the mm-hmm. last minute, he went and got the rights to use David Dunn in the movie right. because he didn't even know if he was legally allowed to do it. Because he didn't, he didn't own the character, um, right? Walt Disney right. did, or whoever it was at yeah. the time, and he had to do that, and then made the movie. So I don't, I'm, I don't know. I don't think this was one big plan. It seems after seeing this movie, it really does seem pieced together. Like, are you, are you meaning oh, to yeah. tell me? No, no, question. And this is not no a spoiler. Question. Are you meaning to tell me that you wrote this superhero trilogy, and the entire culmination of that trilogy takes place on the lawn of an insane asylum. Yeah. Like really? No, like a, no. Like a fist I, yeah, fight of yeah. the lawn if, of an, like, that's not how 
you build it yeah. up in your head, so to speak. Sure, no question. No, if if that's what he's selling, that's you know, then I'm not I'm not buying. But I I think it's it's pretty clear that the, that some of these ideas have been kicking around. He's been trying to figure out how to make them work and and put them on screen. And I I admire him as a filmmaker. I admire the um the links to which he has gone over the last when did the visit come out? 2015. Over the last four or five years to. Um, to get his movies salvage his name, yeah. I mean, he's there's a great <laughs> he was a laughing stock 10 years ago, oh, yeah, he was absolutely. the biggest laughing absolutely. stock. He's completely yeah, salvaged his name, you know. That, yeah, and so he, I mean, he's he's made himself, he's he's remade himself as a bankable, low budget, um, ho- well, horror thriller filmmaker, and he does it with with real flair. I mean, it's you can see the skill that he has. So anyway, there's, there's a great Rolling Stone article that I'll link in the VIP newsletter. We'll, we'll put out at the end of this month, um, that he kind of talked about his process of getting the visit made and then taking the profits from that, turning it into split and then that into this. And, and like, so I admire him a lot and I think he's found peace, which is a, like just from a personal standpoint, I, I greatly appreciate when, I mean this Hollywood, this business is, is nasty and ugly at times and it can really destroy a person. And he, 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 if anyone could have been just completely chewed up and destroyed by this business, it's him, right? Like going from those highs of those first couple of movies into freaking after earth and the last mm-hmm. airbender and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So like, anyway, I, I I'm rambling on, but I, I, I admire him a lot and I, I will, I'm with you, Richard. Like I will always, there will always be a part of me that gets a little bit excited for a movie of his, even in the back of my head saying, Hey man, this, this hasn't turned out so well recently. Um, I thought that as a split sequel, this was fine, um, and it is very McAvoy heavy, <laughs> Richard, which was kind of a bummer. Like, I think McAvoy's really good in this, but or in that role. But I mostly wanted to see Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson, if we're being honest. So, um, I think it's fine as a split split sequel. But I thought Split was like a B to a B minus kind of movie. As an Unbreakable sequel, it's a total cluster, and not. Mm-hmm. I, I just. I, I I I hold that movie in very high regard. I think it's aged incredibly well, and it looks um, just from a story standpoint, acting standpoint, everything. It looks really, really good. Uh, all, you know, n- nearly twenty years later. So, the sequel to Unbreakable, I think it it really lets down. It's a big letdown from that from that film. But it's not too far to me. It's not too far off of what Split was, which again was a an. A, a, an okay thriller kind of uh, a January movie. So, yeah, it definitely has a. I don't know. It reminds me of Split definitely more than Unbreakable. And I don't. I don't mm-hmm. need to get on an Unbreakable tangent, but man, going back and rewatching it, Unbreakable before this, uh, it does make you realize how innovative it was, and and how nobody was really doing much like that. I love his visual style. Uh, Shyamalan, his simplicity, like the fact that he just made Bruce Willis's character just have the poncho and like the, just the iconic mm-hmm. nature of that and how it would work on a comic. It would work on screen. It works almost in every way. It fits with Philadelphia. Um, I just love that. I love his, how he can take a, something like, like a superhero and make it real world and make it seem uh, like, like, the end of the, this entire movie's point is like they're all out there, right? They're they've always been out there. We just need to everyone just needs to know that they have it in them, right? It's the whole uh, mm-hmm. kind of the, the the last Jedi, right? It's just the last Jedi version of Split. That's what this is. Um, 
with with a lot less uh porg porn but it's okay um, <laughs> well this yeah. version we'll, we'll see what less, the director less looks pork, like like still porks um there is uh i i am a big fan of Shyamalan too he he was on the norm mcdonald show randomly on netflix mm. i don't know if you guys watched mm-hmm. that episode but it's it's a really informative episode on just kind of his process and and i'm really admired the guy outside of uh two things a um being a philadelphia eagles fan like how could anybody in their right <laughs> mind be a philadelphia <laughs> eagles fan and B, putting himself in his own movies. I'm not a fan of that, especially at this stage in his career where he's yeah, recognizable yeah. and he's been in multiple movies of his own. He's putting him in all his own universe, especially in this one, is the most egregious of all where he's, hey, I used to hang out at the stadium that used to have. <laughs> yeah, I used to be shady back then. Like he was the drug dealer in Unbreakable, right? Yeah. Uh, I did not like that at all. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's I understand director's tra- you know, trademarks right. and all that. And it's like, yeah, but do it in a Just stick be- yourself in the background, yeah, put, bro. Yeah, yeah. Put glasses and a hat on and be like, yeah. Oh man, he was, in the, he was one of the cops or whatever it is. You know, yeah. it's like, don't give yourself, don't do Quentin Tarantino does the same thing. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand it at the end of Django. When he comes in Django, I'm like, Oh no, you know, it always ruined the movie. But he has um, that cool Australian accent. So right. Up for it. Right. <laughs> Very authentic. It, yeah. it works Super in like authentic. Reservoir Dogs where it's this huge ensemble, but then it's just, I don't know. It's just, at this point in your career, you don't do that. So yeah, I, I don't really like that, but it, it does not, it's not a make or break for me. But um, I liked bringing back the characters from the old, other movies. I liked bringing back David Dunn's son. I liked bringing back Samuel L. Jackson's mom, who's younger than him. And I liked bringing back Casey and, and that whole thing and them each having their kind of their individual arcs, their individual sure. character arcs between those three characters. I thought that worked well. And man, most egregious offender of file scenes I've maybe ever seen on screen. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I don't really notice those things too much, but this was one where I I, I said to Lindsay, I, I turned to my wife and I said, oh, Kent's going to be so angry about these file scenes because it's just there solid were, files. There are, for, there are a lot of files. Yeah. Um, Sarah Paulson. What did we... She's uh, in everything. What did we think? I thought she was really good in this movie. She's good in everything. Um, my favorite scene in the film is probably this the scene where she's in the... Um, asylum and they're all three sitting in that pink room and she's telling them the reasons why they're not a superhero i liked that mm-hmm. i thought that was really well constructed well conceived well written by Shyamalan, and it seems like something that i mean the whole interrogation factor false testimony things like that is such a hot topic right now it kind of touches on that a little bit of the authorities can kind of make you think anything they want you to believe and you know like, uh, oh, you tore across these bars? Well, I did that, you know, uh, with, with a wrench. And <laughs> saying that David Dunn yeah. was like a amateur magician with all the things that he was doing, I really liked that sequence and scene and um, thought that that was – I like the practicality aspect of what Shyamalan did here. I think the word she used was practical explanations. Um, and I just, I just like that when you separate science fiction from science fact – I like the exploration of that in film and, and he does a good job of that here. Um, so what did we think of in the beginning of the movie, David Dunn's like a superhero and he's stopping guys from Superman punching people. <laughs> That's opening scene. Oh, a little bit. Superman yeah, punch. That, that whole, <laughs> the whole open I thought was bad. Yeah, I, it I, was. I, it didn't get into, for me, it 
there was no rhythm and and <laughs> and need. You know, there was not a lot of necessity until they were in the asylum. Like even him fighting McAvoy or Horde and freeing the the cheerleaders and stuff I, was uh, not not great. I didn't think, and and kind of makes the the final <laughs> the final shootout. Which is um not a great not 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 a great action sequence, I don't think, the the end there, but makes that look very anticlimactic because the the factory fighting scene is probably better. It's just it was a strange it, it took a little while for this movie to find its footing, for sure. One hundred and ten percent it did. Um I don't know if mm-hmm. it ever really finds it, but you know I, I don't want to get into spoilers right now. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get into spoilers, but you can't. It's hard to talk Shyamalan without getting into spoilers. It's just like because you know that there's something's yeah. going to happen, some something's going to be different that you thought was one way, and actually it is another. But uh, but I digress. Richard, what do you think about the you know, the new cast, the Sarah Paulsons of the world, and, Sir, and all Sarah Paulson's very good. She's very good yeah. in everything. She by everything I mean that literally because she's in everything. Um, for the past three she's years, a, she's got a great agent, and that's awesome because yeah. she's good. Not, so not Jim Nance's fine. agent; it's the no. exact opposite. No, she—I don't know how she does it, uh, hours in the day wise, but she's on every TV show and every movie. It's mandatory, and again, not really a complaint because she's very good, and uh, it's just impressive. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was—it was you know that has kind of the like we were talking about at the beginning that kind of hat. Uh, hodgepodge of mixing the old and the new sometimes gracefully and sometimes very awkwardly and this is is a lot of what brings it down um but yeah we can get in the spoilers whenever we can talk about the, the twist or whatever you think yeah we can or uh i don't know I mean, one thing i can we can kind of touch on before spoilers is the fact that um there's trying to find a link between all the people of traumatic events that happen in their life um, are you guys under, I, I don't want to make this a psychology talk or anything, but like, is that kind of the common ground with a lot of this stuff? Like you could psychologically, something could happen to you and you could, I don't know, not gain superpowers in any way, but those types of, those types of actual scenarios where somebody's able to like a David Blaine type person, like they're never normal. I just, that's just, I guess that's all I'm trying to say, you know, like a person who's able to go to that links, like physically, like this does open kind of a Pandora's box of, I wonder if there really are like crazy, insane people out there that are just so, so like in the shoes of somebody like the horde of 25 different personalities that are all so complex that you can't this person's so unstable that they can't be released into society. You know, I yeah. do, I do. I am interested in that. And that makes me want to research like real life scenarios. More than, <laughs> like I want to explore this cinematic universe. I want to just be like, you know, show me the real people who have this disorder because yeah. that just the dissociative identity disorder is very interesting mm-hmm. yeah. s- subject to go down. If anyone, if any listener has a documentary or anything that they can point me toward, please let me know. Cause yeah, it's uh, interesting. Yeah, I just keep trying to break my arm so I can throw the ball like Henry Rowan Gardner. That's like my main, like over and over. You know, <laughs> yes. I just keep throwing myself. I know, into if the only ground, that could hasn't kicked in yet. <laughs> the um, 
I think your J- tendons are healing too loose. That's I know it's a, it's a so major, you're actually losing I, that, velocity at every yeah, time. I actually sued Daniel Stern uh, earlier this year for false advertising. Just I've put myself through a lot of pain because of that. I, th- I thought that would help, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep working on it. I'll, I'll I'll let you guys know. The uh, we talked about McAvoy a bit, but I think he's fantastic in these. I think they're so it's so over the top, but like it. I don't know. It's so easy for that not to work at all and to just be complete abomination. The fact that he makes it work at all is, uh, is impressive. I just think he's really, he's really good in this, uh, all, all the different versions of himself and everything. Like he, he takes it so serious that it's, um, it works. If he doesn't take it serious, then it doesn't work. You know, especially as Patricia and as, as a uh, Hedwig, he's really, he really goes all in on these, uh, on these characters. He has them so nuanced and defined between each other. There's one scene in where he actually is like switching personalities like four or five or six times in a paragraph, you know, and it's pretty impressive to see him do it all in one, one take. Yeah. He's, he's good. Um, I, I think, I, I don't know if, if maybe I'm alone in this. I think part of maybe what hinders his performance just a little bit is that the, beast is so jacked yeah Yeah. and it's his talking as the beast is Mm -hmm. really stupid and just crawling around the yeah it's not it's it's (laughs) and yeah and that plays out with the action as well but just all i think it yeah you're right i think it works better worst part it's certainly a more menacing comic book character the beast right like if you're gonna make this into an actual marketable uh superhero movie but what's so much more terrifying is like the real person of Dennis Barry, Patricia, Hedwig, whoever it is, of you never know which person they're going to be. And mm-hmm. that, like, just basically the first half of Split, right? Like, that's so yeah. much more terrifying than the beast himself. Yeah, the, no, the, totally. the crazed person that you don't know what is up with them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what Unbreakable was, right? Like, you didn't know who Glass was. Like, and when you find out, you're like, okay, that makes sense. But it's all about, um, I don't know, the perception of it. All right, okay, let's move into spoilers now. Spoilers coming up for Glass. All right. So, um, twists. I, something, one of my big complaints, actually, of the, the Marvel movies is that the villains, there's never really a true villain in them. It's always a figurehead. There's always a uh, Trevor-type explanation for... The what what you know, there uh, the Hell Hydra thing in Civil War. I mean, uh, not Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier, and all of that. There's let's just say the real villain is always a guy in a suit, right? At the end of the day, in ninety percent of these superhero movies, the villain is a dude in a suit. That's the, the corporations, man, uh, the government, bro. Um, so <laughs> that's the twist in this movie. I knew there was going to be some kind of twist. The twist is, oh, Sarah Paulson. And her people are actually the Illuminati, the secret government, whatever, you, whatever. Uh, they're the people in suits. They're the real villain. And they're trying to keep the world, us, from knowing about superheroes because they want them suppressed. Because they don't want people, regular people, knowing that they have extraordinary abilities. Because then all hell would break loose. And we don't want that. So, um, so yeah. What did you guys think of that reveal? I thought it was a little sloppily thrown at you at the end rather than mm-hmm. fleshed oh, out throughout yes. the movie. I was like, okay, what are these tattoos? What's that logo mean? 
and all that rather than um uh I don't know. It was just a bad twist. Like if this yes. like like the point yeah. we're making earlier of if you've got essentially 20 years to to flesh this out in your mind and that's the twist, uh, you would think it would be way more like you planted mm-hmm. the seeds in Unbreakable in the first scene type of thing. Uh, yes. Yes, that that's the to me that's one of the biggest problems with the movie is like I think they're it's it's one of the it's like the uh the parts are better than than the whole, right? And 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 a a big chunk of that is some of these little sections are pretty cool and and work pretty well and they'd be they'd be fun to uh to explore a little more in depth whether that's the you know, if you like the split side then I think that you could make a you could make a whole movie out of him again now you can make a sequel out of it you could do the same with unbreakable side of things you could do the same with this um i don't know this hidden secret society of people who are trying to undermine superheroes worldwide and things like that it's those are all interesting concepts it's the kind of jumbled together compression of of all of these various stories that really starts to starts to win you never get any real opportunity to get into any of those different stories i thought that was a pretty cool and it's not a completely original idea or anything like that but i thought i think that's an interesting concept that's worth exploring in depth in a movie and i think Shyamalan would be somebody who'd be very good to do that but like you said it's i mean it's just it's tagged on in the last five minutes of the movie as a twist instead of as a major portion of the narrative which really is a much more interesting narrative than a lot of what's happening throughout the course of you know of the, of the movie's runtime and and I, that's one of those things where you just you know post signs um especially i think he kind of Shyamalan just kind of perpetually for a while got stuck with trying to make a twist like i'm trying to find a twist and then he was like i got i'm going to fight against the twist i'm not doing the twist anymore and that's one where you should be like, "Hey, man, you fell into the same dadgum trap that you've that you've done before." Like, we didn't we didn't have to have this big twist. That was a cool story. We we could have used that at some point before the last five minutes of the movie. It, I mean, there's a difference between. I don't think Unbreakable technically has a twist. I mean, it has a reveal. It's not like it. It doesn't really change anything. That it doesn't change your perception of the film. It just clarifies things. I disagree, Kent. I think yeah. I, I'm with the, Brian on this. I look at that one as a twist because that was like the twist mind. that glasses the villain. Yes, yeah, yes. that blew my the, mind in the theater the first time. Oh, yes. really? Yeah, that yeah. was a huge deal. Yeah, because you think the twist is going to be that he actually does have superpowers. Like that—that's the easy setup of like, oh man, this is a payoff. Cool, he actually is a superhero, sort of. And then you find out, oh, actually, Samuel Jackson killed a thousand people to try to. Find I don't know. Him. I don't. That's I don't. Maybe it's just deal. the the nature of the character and like the. I don't know. Just his. He seems venomous to me, uh, uh, villainous and venomous hmm. and and just dark. You know, he's just a very shady guy. I wouldn't. It didn't. I, I don't. Doesn't it? It didn't catch me See, as I off guard as like every as I, every I other Shyamalan twist has like the the twist in like the village completely annihilated my mind i was like holy moly what just happened like and when i realized what happened i was like that was awesome you know a total tommy boy moment and i don't know unbreakable is just a good movie (laughs) it's more than like a 
a, 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 uh, I don't know, like I was mis, misled in any way. You know, I was just, I was satisfied at the end. I was like, okay, cool, great. I wish, I hope they, I thought they were going to make another one. I thought that's what it was leading up to was like this big fight between him, Glass, and Dunn, which mm-hmm. still hasn't come to fruition, right? I do feel like there's still an Unbreakable sequel to be had. I definitely don't. I wish Split had never happened and we had just gotten an Unbreakable sequel. Same. That's, that's basically I would agree with that. all I'm saying. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think no, the character I'm, I'm of David Dunn is really interesting, and uh, the groundworks of the Overseer and everything is is really cool. Right. And instead, it's just kind of shoehorned into this right movie about James McAvoy, sort of. It's kind of how it how it plays. Sad. Yeah. It's, uh, I wish the beast wasn't a part of this, but sadly it's a big part. And, um, and yeah, I just, uh, like you said, a lot of the dots don't connect. So it's hard for this to imagine like there's some genius, uh, narrative, but at the same time, like I said, it's completely original from his own mind and he's taken us on a journey for the past, I don't know, however many years. And just the reveal and split was a really cool, I still remember that and how surprised everybody was. But going back and watching it, and like, I never noticed that he has like a David Dunn name tag on. It says like Dunn on his shirt, huh. right? Like he's got a uniform on or something, so that people know it's David Dunn and not just Bruce Willis sitting in a cafe. Like you have to make the connection between <laughs> why is Bruce Willis, you know, and the fact that it's in the same universe. So sure. I, I didn't notice that before, but on the rewatch, I was like, okay, that, that's, mm. that's clever. Um, so what's next for Shyamalan? Anything announced? He's probably going to do, I don't know, another horror movie, probably? I mean, that's what he's good at. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I didn't care for The Visit. I don't, I think I saw Devil at some point. I know he didn't direct that one, but he, he did write it. And the, the, the more horror elements of Split. He's got I mean, a TV what, show coming. Yeah, he's, he's got an Apple show, I think. Yeah, that's right. It's Apple. Yep. So that'll that'll be uh that'll be interesting. And then he has something called Labor of Love that is announced, but I don't have any A widower embarks on a cross country trip on foot to prove his love for his late wife. So nothing that's, else. That's uh, trying to be Oscar y. That's him yeah. Be- yeah, I'm not 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 sure about that one. Um we'll see. Yeah, I I, I think that I think that he does horror very well. I, I, I believe I feel like we said that when we talked the visit and and split. He's 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 good at that. He can. I'd like to honestly. I'd like to see him. Uh, I'd like to see him direct something that someone else wrote at this point. Like I I I think his story is just kind of perpetually getting getting lost in, in the weeds. And I, I'd like to see him take somebody else's ideas. Maybe they're um, a little more cohesive throughout the the entire script maybe and and see what he could do putting that to screen i i don't know that that's of any interest to him because for um you know for all the adoration that we've kind of thrown his way he's he's a little egotistical and which i get i understand um but i i'd kind of like to see what he could do with uh a better a better screenwriter um and and see if if there's see if he's able to kind of pull out some of that old, the magic that he had in those first few movies. I would love that. I don't think he's, he's written all of his movies. So it'd yeah. be hard for that yeah. to imagine that. But uh, like I said, I'm glad he's 
made mistakes. I'm glad he failed with the last Airbender and After Earth because if those had made money, he'd probably still be in that studio system of here's $150 million in the next uh, DCEU movie or whatever it is. And instead, he failed and he's like, all right, well, I guess the only movies I can make anymore are going to be five to $10 million. And when those make money, then I can get 20 and I'll get 30, Mm -hmm. you know, and now he's kind of found his stride and I'm I'm really excited about about the future of that. No, I, I, and again, I, I super commend him for that. Cause I think, I mean, we've talked ad nauseum, not that that's an original take, but just that there's not enough small budget, there's not enough mid budget movies being made anymore. And he's, I mean, this is going to make a ton of money when it's all said and done as did split and the visit did very well too. So, I mean, there's no real reason for him to change other than, um, you know, the aforementioned ambition. Does he want to chase something that maybe is a little more uh, substantial given what his his background was and what those first few movies were? I just think, like, the, the, to me, what I love about Sixth Sense, Signs, Unbreakable, and, and even The Village is I, those are the themes of those scripts and those stories are so much more... Uh, subtly complex than than they really need to be or that you would expect them to be like there's a lot going on sort of unstated or the b story or or whatever i mean signs is the the maybe the most obvious example of that of just because that movie is so much more about um about faith and about uh man and god versus much more so really than it is about aliens coming to earth and stuff and that's i mean that's part of what appeals to me what is really good but but those other movies have that as well it's you know uh kind of man versus death with six sense and the kind of classic father son back and forth relationship and unbreakable and and then even the village is kind of man versus society and, and it's, or maybe you could take it as man versus technology. So like there's, there's a lot happening in those scripts. That is what makes me personally, what I like about those movies. And I think that's what makes those movies appeal to almost like subconsciously to people is that there's just so much more happening than just what's on the screen. And he's kind of lost and not kind of, he's, he's lost that through the course of these last, you know, however many movies we're at at this point with Lady in the Water was really trying to do that, but gosh, it missed. The Happening was trying to do that with like, you know, take care of Earth or Earth will take it out on us kind of thing. And then, but post, but, but those movies really missed on that front. And that's a big part of why they suck. Not just that the acting's bad and the story's bad and stuff. It's, it's these, the theme behind it is, is lost. I think he's lost that. And I, I, I'd like to see him recover it. I'm afraid of what will happen over the next five or 10 years with him trying to rediscover it instead of maybe just moving to a different kind of role within the filmmaking world. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely does. Uh, you guys have any other thoughts on the ending or about that? I did hated the whole tower thing too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, man, I thought that I, I I mentioned earlier, and I've talked forever. I'm sorry. I, the I, that final fight scene is terrible. Like it's just yeah. a really, and I didn't expect it to be like a superhero fight scene that we might get in the average Marvel or DC or X Men or whatever movie. But if 
that is one point. That is at one point where you're like, hey, man, this is whether you really intend it to be or not. You have made a comic book movie. So you better come through with something worthwhile in this big climax that you've been building to for, you know, for three movies in almost 20 years. And it's not very good at all. And, you know, Willis is just kind of standing there most of the time. And McAvoy is just he looks so ridiculous pouncing around it's just an it's a very it's a very odd kind of cheesy climax and that's it takes away from any of the better points of the movie i think exactly all right well let's uh hit a grade then um i'm gonna give glass a b minus for glass what about you guys I think I gave I think I gave Split a B, so this is slightly worse than Split. So uh, probably B minus. Go straight down the line, C on this one. Yeah, I'm with you, Arby. I think I gave Split a B minus as well, uh, or B B B minus something like that. This is I think is definitely a step back and and a far cry from from what it's trying to be for sure, or or the ambition of what it is. But again, so, hey, he's printing money, and I and I I give him some credit for. For trying it. It was so weird when Samuel Jackson was like typing the code on the computer. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. When he like hacks the live stream or whatever they say. I was like, this is no, this is okay. This is <laughs> very far fetched at this point. Arranging you know. a ridiculous. Um, okay. I mean, he's been in an asylum for 18 years. Does, yeah. He I mean, I know knows he's how to really smart, but does he know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Does, is he up to speed on his, his has he been yeah. taking like continuing the, pl- the plugins classes, haven't changed or? at all in the past three months, yeah. let alone 18 years <laughs> on what you need to. Right. Right. I mean, the kind like, of language movie, you need to know. That's the kind of thing that's like, Hey, it's a movie, you know, it's yeah. a movie. You got to sprinkle a little movie dust on it. And that's totally fine. It's just like we said, like I say a hundred, you know, all the time, like, but, if you've already given me a hundred things to be kind of mm, about, then that kind of thing really jumps out a lot more than it would if I was like, oh yeah, I'm good. This is great. I'm along for the ride, you know? I'm a little disappointed that it was called Glass and had almost nothing to do with Glass other than kind of the ending, <laughs> similar ending as as yeah. Unbreakable. But this should have just been called The Horde or The Beast or something. It was a, It was a huge tease for this to be like, yeah more unbreakable than split it's no, this is 70 totally. percent split and 30 percent unbreakable like i i've forgotten david dunn was even in the movie at one point yeah he goes spice no. for so long without him and then mm-hmm. when he comes back i'm like oh man I forgot this was an unbreakable movie now i'm excited again and then he started running on all fours and i was like nope <laughs> <laughs> back to back yeah. to not liking them no I t- but, yeah. i'm totally with you it's it's all kind of compressed and and it it feels like he <laughs> it's I don't there was a point where I was like I wonder if at some point he want he wished he could just go back in time and cut David Dunn out of that last sequence because yeah. it seems like he's just wanting to write a a horde or a split sequel or whatever and and then has to like all oh, right but I got to go back over here and and get this this character in and it was not not always done with a lot of uh, <laughs> with a lot of grace for sure. All right, uh, let's move on and hit that weekly recommend. Weekly recommends. Richard Barden, what you got? Yeah, my weekly recommend is a book uh, by Nick Bilton over at uh, Vanity Fair. It's a couple years old. 
Um, but it's called American Kingpin, and it's uh, the story of uh, bringing down the Silk Road, the uh, online oh, cool. uh, drug trade, and all that stuff. So the 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 investigation, the hunt, the the uh, the trial, all that stuff is covered. But Bill Tins a great writer. He's a great writer on technology and the kind of intersection of technology and politics. Um, over Vanity Fair, he does a really good job. So, uh, yeah, it's really well written, and uh, and I, I highly recommend it. It was uh, it was really enjoyable. Nick Bilton, American Kingpin, the epic hunt for the criminal mastermind behind the Silk Road. Very uh, concise title. I know. Uh, yeah, good recommend. I mean, that's a that's a nonfiction recommend. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Awesome, cool, uh, Brian. Yeah, I'm going to recommend a Netflix series that uh, drops some point over the holidays that I've been catching up on. It's a it's a soccer series. Uh, it's called Sunderland Till I Die. It's about one of the formerly one of the like premier uh, English football clubs over over there in England, obviously, um, that has fallen on hard times over the last decade or so and is now. It's kind of like all or nothing, or or uh, hard knocks, um, but it, it kind of followed them throughout last season as they were they were at that point they were battling to stay in the second division of of uh, soccer over there, which would just be like a historic fall for them. They've already fallen out of EPL, like the top league, and now they're in the second league and trying desperately to stay out of the third league, and it's. It's very. It's like ten episodes. They're really easy to watch and and very enjoyable. And I'm, what you guys might. I know you guys aren't as, as super into soccer as I am. What you guys might find interesting more than anything else is just the way that everybody, players, coaches, GM, everybody, talk about uh, each other and their their club and the organization with so much honesty. And there's no. Like I just think we're so used to every NBA, NFL, MLB team, just um, everybody involved kind of plays the media game where they never say what they really mean and stuff. And and it is not the case with these guys. And it's so it's very interesting and and watching that kind of transpire over the course of of the episodes, especially while they're really struggling, was uh, was very interesting. But uh, yeah, it's great. It's Sunderland till I die on on uh, on Netflix. Awesome. I haven't watched any of those. Um, series on Netflix. I know they have one on Man City too, don't they? Yeah, that one's on Amazon. It's, Amazon. it's all or nothing. All or nothing. The, yeah, the, that's right. Yeah, the Cowboys were were on, and it's that's great too. That's a really fun. That's a good show. This is literally the exact opposite of that because man, I mean, City City won the league the year that that was um, mm. the documentary was falling, and this is like bottom of the barrel. Please, God, help us stay out of you know third division. It's it's incredible. It's really interesting. Interesting. Cool. Um, I'm going to recommend a Netflix series as well. It's back. Um, it's very good, funny, friends from college. I don't know if you guys have caught up on it or even seen the first season, but uh, it's right up y'all's I have. alley. My wife really likes it. Yeah, it's Certainly really – if this was on network TV, it would be huge. I think if, the, if this was on ABC or something, it would be huge. Of course, it's on Netflix, so they can do a lot more and say a lot more mm-hmm. and things like that, but – uh Let's just say uh, Billy Eichner and Fred Savage play a couple, and it is incredible. Um, yeah, Fred Savage is on a complete another level, and Keegan Michael Key is great in it. Kobe Smolders is great in it. It's a, it's a great show, really funny for you know late mid to late twenties, early thirties type um, 
people, newlyweds. Um, great show, lighthearted, and um, really perfect for for Netflix um, binge type watching. So, friends from college gets my recommend. And uh, nice. yeah, Fred Savage is 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 treasure quality man. He's yeah. He's, we, we, need, we may need to make him an eighteen. Like when he turns he's, it on, he 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 is uh he's definitely a treasure candidate when he when he wants to be. But he's been directing sitcoms for the past twenty years, and no one knew he could still act. But okay, yeah, Friends from College season two. Nice. That's my recommend. Uh, thanks for everyone for joining us. Uh, I'm, I'm shouting out to the VIPs because they're going to be joining us. And the after party this week, in which we will be talking about Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Yeah, it's going to be Whoa. good. Excellent times. And uh, we're we're doing um, a bunch of fun throwbacks here in the next couple of weeks. We got Goldfinger coming up as well for the VIPs in a throwback episode very soon. So enjoy that. If you'd like to do that, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. It's $1 a week. You get at least one bonus episode a week, two, sometimes three, and a lot more bonus content, fun stuff. So check that out if that interests you. Um, if not, we'll see you here next week, and we'll talk Firefest. So get ready for that. Yes. Until then, we'll see you at the cinema. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.